This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Domino's. Oh, yes, we did. Matt Bauscher and Terry Hefner. Exceed your real estate goals. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Idaho Independent Bank, the Idaho Bank. McDowell's Specialty Repair. Call McDowell's. Rehab Authority, experience the difference. Christian Brothers Automotive, a nice difference. Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry, the place to go. And Grace Assisted Living, grace is the place. Today on Game Plan for Life, our special guest is Jeff Thompson. Jeff is a PGA professional and and teaching uh, uh, coach. And uh, now that the weather is getting nice, it's uh, it's time to think about golf again. So today we're going to talk a lot about golf and some of uh, Jeff's uh, story and and a little bit about the Masters. It's uh, coming up. Uh, maybe a little bit about Tiger Woods and all. But first of all, Jeff, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Uh, thank you, Skip. It's uh, it's really um, a pleasure to be here. I've listened to your show, and uh, so we'll have have fun talking about Absolutely. golf. Absolutely, golf is good. Golf is good. Well, the first thing I'd like to do, Jeff, is uh, go back and and let's start from the beginning. How did you get in, involved with golf, and and uh, what what are some of the things that you remember as a young guy growing up? And and then let's take us up to to where we are today. Uh, Skip, I, I grew up in golf. My dad, uh, Clyde Thompson, uh, was a club pro. And um, we had uh, uh, landed in Twin Falls for 12 or 13 years. And uh, my dad uh, was the assistant pro there. And Cliff Whittle had gone down to Arizona to take another job. And, and uh, my dad attained the position. So I grew up playing golf in Twin Falls, Idaho, the Muni. Mm-hmm. And uh, we worked there. We picked up the range and did this, that, and the other. And that was before malls and internet and everything we kind of had today. So we lived there. We were there every day. I've often said a slow day was 27 holes. <laughs> a <laughs> way we, of life. We just wanted to be there all day, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was, it was in a way, it was good times. You don't realize sometimes till you're... Uh, removed from something that, you know, it was a pretty safe time to be a kid. Yeah. And uh, we, we had a place to be. And and the Twin Falls Bruin golf team at that time, I graduated in uh, 71. Um, no disrespect to any other teams, but we were the best ever. Mm-hmm. We were really good. There were many events where we didn't count par. That's wow. how good we were. We, wow. were. we were good. Wow. We were a good team. Yeah, I would say so. So from there, tell us about what happened next. Well, um, uh, my folks uh, bought Indian Lakes Golf Course, uh, 85, 86. At that time, I was um, playing full-time golf. I played full-time world tour golf after I turned pro in 1976. I played in Fiji, Australia, New Zealand. I played in Europe two summers. I played in the Far East. I uh, played on the tour, not as long as I would have liked to. And uh, my folks had bought the golf course, and uh, my wife and I, Victoria, we 
uh, we decided to come up here because they'd bought the course and um, I'd kind of run out of uh, money and a place to play at that time. At that time, you had the top 60 were exempt on tour and the rest of us were the rabbits. I think it was Tony Lima called us rabbits. (laughs) And uh, so we came up here and that's uh, been 32 years ago. Wow. So time has flown. Boy, has it ever flown. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, I know throughout your playing career that, that you won an awful lot of tournaments and, and uh, some great memories. But uh, let, let's talk about, uh, first of all, some of the, the highlights of your playing career. What, what, what things were meant the most to you, uh, victories or opportunities that you had as a player? Well, looking back on my, my playing career, which has been 40 years uh, I played in about 1,100 tournaments of some kind. Wow. That would be a, a one-day pro-am would be yes, a tournament or a right. two-day pro-am. So anybody that's been a golf pro 40 years has played in about that many yeah. tournaments. I read the other day where Bob Gilder, who was one of my teammates at Arizona State, he's the 19th guy to play in 1,000 PGA Tour Champions Tour events. Hmm. So that's kind of a small group of, wow. of guys that have done that. Um, I was uh, looking back, um, even in college, I was a two-time All-American. I was kind of a really, really good second-tier player. Mm-hmm. I won college tournaments, but no big ones. Right. And I've, uh, I've done very well in some national and international tournaments, but I never won uh, a tournament on tour. Um, I won the senior National Senior Club Pro in 2003, which is the biggest tournament yes. in the world for yeah. guys over 50. I did finish second in the Club Pro in 1989. Bruce Fleischer beat me by uh, three shots, I think. Really? That's what it was. Yeah. And he had a great career on the Champions Tour. He played really well. Mm. So I've kind of been a really good uh, second-tier player. I, I There was a tournament series called the TPS Tour. That was the precursor for the Ben Hogan Tour, which okay. led to the Nike Tour right. and the Web.com. I, right. I finished second in a tournament in, in Canada uh, in one of those tournaments. So I, along the way, I had some successes, but not those that I had hoped for. Well, for, for the most of us uh, <laughs> that are golfers, we would love to have that opportunity, the opportunities that you've had, because I know that you, you, on the PGA Tour, you played in about 55 events. And on the Nike Tour, which is now the web.com that comes to Boise here, you played in about 50 of those events. That's, so, that's pretty correct, yeah, right, yeah. over time. And that's, that's a lot of good golf and, and against good players. But you had the pleasure and the privilege of playing in the British Open in 1978. Tell us about that. Well, again, that's one of those things where you, you get older and you say, doggone, I didn't realize how special it was because uh, – uh, the British Open is a very special event, but the British Open at St. Andrews right. is very special. And um, I, I missed the cut that week, and um, it was just one of those things that, um, you know, looking back, it was a, just a special place, St. Andrews, everything about it. And uh, that's the fun thing about tournament tour golf. Um, it's the places you get to go and the people you get a chance to meet because the the best and the brightest are at a tournament every week on right. the tour. I mean, it, that's the thing is the the people you get a chance yes. to meet. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can sit down and have lunch with Jack Nicholas or yep. Arnold Palmer, or you yep. can have dinner with Gary Player. Hmm. Those are 
priceless moments in every mm-hmm. sense of the word to just talk about life and talk about golf. Real people. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, shift gears and talk about some of the, the great memories that you have. And you mentioned some of the people. Talk about some of the, the, the most interesting or memorable times that you had uh, on, on, in playing golf over the years. I'd have to say it's, uh, it's the people that are around golf as much as the players. Um, the last sanctuary in sport is the locker room. It's, the, it's one of the few places where everybody is just who they are. And uh, you, you just get a chance to meet people and talk to them. Later in my career, I made it a point to, to always play a practice round with a person who won a major championship because I just wanted to talk about golf. Um, I played in the senior British Open at Port Rush. I think that's coming up in the rotation mm-hmm. 2019. And I'd ask Gary Player if we could play a practice round. And it was just a blast to just talk about life and golf going around during a practice round. Hmm. And and that's that's the fun part of it. The other fun part is the people you meet. I had a a caddy uh, named Bill Miller. He called me Buana. Buana. <laughs> Buana. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just a great guy. We we just had fun being player and caddy, and and he was a great caddy, and he caddied for me several times. And mm-hmm. that that was looking back um, a special kind of friendship. Um, you look at. Phil Mickelson and Bones, they yeah, got a pretty yeah. pretty good friendship. Uh, uh, Mike of Fluff Cow, and he caddy for Peter Jacobson and then Tiger for a while, and he's mm-hmm. been with Jim Furyk for quite a while. I mean, the, the caddy dynamic has really changed yeah. on tour. Um, the caddies are doing very well. That's uh, simply because the players are sure. doing exceptionally oh, absolutely. well. Um, so there's a lot of people that are really getting some nice life benefit from the tour. Another gentleman we met... At Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg had a it was a satellite tournament the same week as the Masters, and uh, we met a gentleman named Lewis Fowler, and he was just a peach of a guy. He was a member of Annandale, where they have a tour event now, and he was just one of the most pleasant people I've ever met. His wife was Sarah, and um, um, at uh, at that tournament, which I played several times, I never did play in the Masters. Um, I played with Payne Stewart when he won his first tournament on tour. That was in Hattiesburg. Wow. That was, I, I think that was maybe um, 80, 80 or 81 mm-hmm. is when that was. So we played in the last round, yeah. and uh, he, he, he was blessed with a win, oh, Payne Stewart. absolutely, absolutely. So besides the actual golf, <clears throat> relationships are huge, uh, I, I would suspect. Is that, is that correct? Well, the, the, thing, the thing about professional sports is – it's the people you can meet are the types of people that you want to establish a lifelong relationship with simply because you take the Masters. The Masters might be the, the biggest, most important sporting event in the world. Um, we can count the Daytona and the Indy 500 and the Super Bowl and the Final Four, but there's something very unique about the Masters in the fact that it's really a seven-day event. Right. And everybody who's anybody in golf is there that week, and people come from all over the world mm-hmm. just to be part of it. Oh, so it's, it's a great place to network, meet people, right. talk about golf-related things. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, we've talked about your playing career and some of the memories. Um, let's talk a little bit about your coaching, teaching and coaching, because uh, 
what's Im- what's important for folks to to remember is that even the best players in the world have a coach. They have a you know, mentor, a teacher, a coach because they can always get just a little bit better. And and I think that's so true in golf and you know you you kind of you say that you were a second tier golfer and then I find out that you You've set six course records. Well, that's not exactly, a, you know, blowing in the wind. That's that's a pretty impressive thing. But uh, let's talk a little bit about coaching and teaching and and the approach that you take toward that. Well, you you kind of learn by um, the trial by fire um, on the tour and coaching. Coaching has really changed a lot. Uh, if we compared to um, Jackie Burke, who is good friends with Ben Hogan. They would talk about golf all the time, and Claude Harmon at Wingfoot, and uh, the fact that Butch Harmon was a young man, a young boy, listening to the conversations with his dad, Claude Harmon, and Ben Hogan, and Sam Snead, and a whole host of guys on tour. Back in those days, I think there was more sharing of ideas and simple thoughts from player to player. Uh, Jackie Burke told this story about the Phoenix Open at Phoenix Country Club. Ben Hogan was hitting balls, and he had his, his thumb and index finger on his right hand off the grip. And he, uh, Jackie had shot 68 that day, and he was leaving, so he made a U-turn and says, Ben, what's that all about? Yeah. And they probably had a discussion about it. Uh, so Ben was always kind of working on things. Mm-hmm. But you look at, let's take maybe three uh, elements. Uh, the basketball coach at Duke, the Alabama football coach, um, and Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. great coaches, and they all have a different style. Right. But what they do have is a system. They have yes. a system that yeah. they have established that they find that works. So when it comes to coaching in golf, the way somebody shoots 100 and starts to shoot 90 or shoots 90 and starts to shoot 80 is the same way that it happens on tour. you got to become very skilled from 100 yards or less. Mm-hmm. Um, on tour, um, the value of the first putt, regardless of whether it's for birdie or par or one foot or 50 feet, is 26 to 27% every week. Mm. Total putting is 42% of a, a player's score. So the way we get better is 100 yards or less, putting, mm-hmm. chipping, pitching, bunker right, play. Right. You've got to, in my view, have a five-to-one ratio. For every half hour you hit balls, you need to spend – five half hours chipping and putting because hmm. that's the generator of good scores on tour. Repetition. It's the key. Repetition, that. right. Repetition and, and the process, you know, the system. Yeah, right. That's, that's so true. And uh, you know as a coach that, uh, you know, Bill Belichick says all the time to his players, do your job. Well, they know what their job is. And the Alabama – um, coach who's had phenomenal Nick success. Saban, Nick yeah, Saban. We, we coached him back at Kent State. <laughs> there you go. Back in the day. You know, he's he's found a, a, a program and a system that, yeah. that works. Because yeah. um, the bottom line in sports is results. Yeah. That's the absolute bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, they're all about fundamentals. It's all about the fundamentals and, and the repetition. And uh, and I'm sure the same thing is so true in golf. I'll tell you a quick story. When, when Ben Crenshaw won his second Masters, He'd played terrible all year, came to the tournament with no expectations. I can't think of his caddy, but his caddy has caddied at Augusta for 52 years, and he had the same caddy every week. So they're out hitting balls, and, and the caddy waited for the opportune time, 
and he and they were hitting the seven iron, and he said, Ben, that ball doesn't look right. Now, I don't remember whether the ball was too far back or mm-hmm. too far forward, mm-hmm. but the truth of the story, and it is a true story, is he said, Ben, that ball doesn't look right. So Ben moved the ball just a little bit, and bam, it all fell into place. He started hitting the ball well again. Mm. He started to be more confident about that, and he won the tournament. It, wow. That's the way it happens. It's yeah. those, like you said, it's those those known fundamentals right. that we get off of that that uh, stymie us sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so true. Well, in, in coaching players, I know that uh, you, you gave me a hat, and it's got the wedge whisperer on there. Tell us what that means. What's the wedge whisperer concept about? Well, I've spent, Skip, a lot of time on wedges. I feel that, that I'm a, uh, not bragging, but I feel like I'm a world expert on the wedge space. And uh, if you look at guys on tour, they're all very skilled. Uh, a lot of times they'd rather be in the bunker than have a chip shot. They're just very skilled, and now we have all kinds of lofts and bounce on the wedge. And so one idea with wedges is I have to use the bounce to use the loft. The, the main thing is the bounce mm. because the bottom of the club, which we call the bounce and the right. camber, it does bounce off the ground, and it's the first thing that we use in getting a benefit um, from the the loft. So we went if we went to the greatest wedge players, we'd say Paul Runyon, Gary Player, um, Seve, Tiger, Phil, mm-hmm. um, Raymond Floyd, very good. So I, what I do is I find what do the 1% of the 1% do, right. and let's do that. Let's do that. Because yeah. the, the secret to golf is in the past. Yeah. The secret to football, really, in my view, is in the past. It's right. all the history yeah. behind us. So. Uh, wedges are probably the most challenging space for the average amateur. It's probably the least practiced. Mm-hmm. And so I've just come up with a, a program, which I, I find to be very helpful. Um, my goal now is to, I'd like to work with some guys on tour. Yeah. Um, Dustin Johnson has now become a force on the tour because he's tidied up his wedge game because mm-hmm. he's got a lot of wedges because he hits the ball. Uh, so far. Mm-hmm. So wedges subordinate putting and uh, the masters, um, it's going to boil down to who putts the best and chip the best. Right. That's what it boils down to every so, week. So for the average golfer or amateur, spending a lot of time on wedges and putting is going to help them on their score for sure. I, I have three key ideas, Skip. I, I like to see people get good at 30-foot putts. The average first putt Every week on the tour is 30 feet. Really? The sink percentage of 30-footers on the PGA Tour, the best players in the world, is 8%. Hmm. So what does that really mean? It means the best putters in the world miss 92 out of 100 random 30-footers. That will never change. Uh, week in and week out, you'll find that the, uh, the guy that wins the tournament is the guy that uh, putted the best. Uh, Mark Leishman, who just won Bay Hill, uh, one putted the last four greens. Three of those were for up and downs, and then he made a 50-footer for an eagle. So it all boils down to who chipped and putted the best um, that particular week. A a couple of tournaments, uh, remember Ernie Els at the Memorial had 100 putts. Wow. That's just... (laughs) 
A plus plus. That's lights uh, out, isn't that's it? That's averaging twenty five so, uh, <laughs> around. That's really good stuff. So the old saying that you you drive for show and putt for dough is so true, isn't it? It is very true. And and the, to kind of look at the other side of that coin, the the most important thing in golf is length off the tee. If uh, if I'm playing against another player for seventy two holes, and he's two clubs shorter than me, he's hitting a nine, I'm hitting a seven. He's hitting a five. I'm hitting a three. I don't really have a chance to beat him. Mm. It's it's just too much yeah. over seventy two holes. Right. So length off the tee is really the most important club in the bag. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It puts yeah. you in a much more dynamic uh, position. Right. Um, you know, from there on. So right. the guys that can pound it, like Dustin and Luke List and Gary Woodland and. Rory, Rory can hit it really yeah. far for a guy that's you know not not big, but boy, he works out. He's a right. phenom in the gym type deal. You bet, you bet. Well, Jeff, I know that that faith is important to you, and and how what role has faith played through all of this uh, as as a golf professional and as a teacher and coach and and uh, the golf course itself? I mean, what 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 role has faith played? Well, I reflect on that quite a bit. Um, on tour, we had a gentleman named Larry Moody. Yes. We had the, the fellowship on Wednesdays. I can remember at Pinehurst one year, there were always several other people that just came out on tour uh, for the fellowship on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's challenging to uh, get any type of uh, faith activity on Sunday because you're hoping to be right. playing on Sunday. Right. So. Right. It kept us all kind of glued together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something that was planned and systematic. Um, and over the years, there were just lots of people that Larry Moody was there quite a bit. And Al Hansen, remember Al Hansen, just people we met, uh, uh, Patty and Don Patterson. We met them in Atlanta. They were really involved with the national FCA. Mm-hmm. Um, faith is the anchor. It is. It's our blessed hope. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, we know that even though there's a lot going on in the world and in our country that we don't understand, we know that God is sovereign. Yeah. God is sovereign over all. Yeah. And he's sovereign over my life and Skip Hall's life. And So true. And um, um, when you accept Christ as your Savior, then he has dominion over yep. your life. Yep. And, it's and there's a, a plan. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you know, there's a saying that when you're lost, you don't know what it's like to be saved, but when you're right. saved, you know what it's like yep. to be yep. lost. So um, <laughs> fa- faith is, I think as you get older, faith is actually more important. Yeah. Yeah. I as, think so too. Get older. I think you, absolutely. You're right on. Well, we've got a few <clears throat> minutes left and I want to shift now uh, to the masters. You've got some stuff here that you brought into the studio today and all, but let's the Masters is coming up, and, and it's the big deal. Every year it's a big, big deal. And So let's. what are some of your thoughts about the, the Masters? I think, I think this year's Masters um, is um, going to be potluck. There's so many young guys that are playing well. Um, Jordan Spieth wants to get that jacket back, yeah. and uh, Rory wants his first Masters to get the Grand Slam, and Dustin Johnson's playing well, and... Um, Jason Day. Uh, there, there's two combinations here. Um, length off the tee is really big at the mm-hmm. Masters. And um, it, a lot of it depends on how fast the greens get. If the greens get 11, 11, 5, 12 on the stamp, if there's a dry week, 
those grains are going to be very fast. Lightning, so the, yeah. the guys that have length off the tee, again, have the advantage. You know, it boils down to really who makes the most putts right. and the fewest mistakes. Right. I read an article on the Facebook the other day that was very true. It said, you know, if you could not bogey a par five and not three putt and not get up and down when it's a simple up and down, you got a pretty, pretty good, good chance, chance of being in the top 10 every week. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. But, you know, it just boils down to who's got the bit in their mouth. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's no way to explain the last night on Sunday till you've actually yeah. been there. I mean, Jordan Speed had a five-shot lead on 10 last year, bogeyed six, seven, eight, and nine. You got to say, how can it go? Yeah, the other way, and that's the wheels beauty can of come sport. off, can't they? Yeah, that's the beauty of sport. Until uh, it's over, you really yeah. don't know. It's the challenge of sport, too. Yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. It's just been a pleasure, Jeff, having you here today. Share some of your story and some of your memories, and a little bit about the Masters. And uh, one real quick question here, just a short answer: Is Tiger Woods coming back? I believe. At a hundred percent level, that Tiger Woods will retire from golf somewhere in 2019. Okay. For this simple reason, he's not going to play the 22, 23 tournaments he needs to play to get game tough. Right. And he doesn't want to shoot a pair of 73s and miss a bunch of yeah. cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how healthy he is or is not. I really believe that Tiger Woods wants to quietly gracefully retire yeah, from competitive golf. Yeah. I really believe that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't quite know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, again, uh, we really appreciate you coming in. How can people get a hold of you? Do you? Is there a website they can go to or is an email address? What would be the best way to reach you? Yeah, Skip, I'll give you some info. Uh, my website is www.jeffthompsongolf.com. Okay. Um, I teach golf. I'm an independent contractor right. is what we call it at right. Boise Ranch Golf Course. Hmm. Mm-hmm. My cell number is 208-860-2465. One more time. Uh, 208-860-2465. And my email is tourplayer at pga.com. Tourplayer at pga.com. Right. All right. Well, anybody that needs some help out there, you got the information now. And thanks so much for, for coming in today and, and uh, getting golf back in our minds after that terrible winter, that snow and all. Why it's going to be fun to get out there on the links. So, Jeff, the very best to you, and thank you again for being a guest on Game Plan for Life. Thank you, Skip Hall. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Albertsons, it's just better. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. The Eagle and the North End 76 stations. And on-the-fly service stations on Collister and State. All family-owned and Idaho-grown. Peterson Chevrolet, satisfy your love to drive. Therapeutic Associates Physical Therapy, your partner in health. Bacon Berry Hill, bacon, you gotta love it. Berry Hill, you're gonna like it. Mass Mutual, we'll help you get there. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.